Turn with me this evening to the gospel account of John, John 13. We have uh, Friday night services every weekend, but this actually is still part of our marriage meeting. And uh, in the past times, Friday night has been love night. <laughs> I got a lot of different responses on that one, boy. <laughs> Don't forget, God is love. Okay. And by that, talking about love, what love is, how to uh, walk in love, how to live in love, and how many think we should check up on ourselves? How are we doing in our love walk? How many think we got room to grow? Well, if you don't think so, then you're confused, because... Uh, to be completely developed in love is Christ-like perfection. That's what it is. And to be just like Jesus is to be love. You know, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Well, God is love. So couldn't you say, if you've seen Jesus, you've seen love? Well, isn't that our calling as well? We're not to look back. And see how much we failed and missed it and came short. Not looking at those things that are behind. But we're to reach forward. And press toward the mark. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What is that mark? It's being just like Jesus. That's what it is. And to be like Him is to be love. To talk, you know, when people see in your eyes. They see love. And I don't mean what the world calls love. When people hear you talk, they hear in your voice love. When they see what you do, they see love. And friends, there is nothing more important than this. We've been reading our chapters this week, right? And among them, we've been reading the great love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13. And is it true that you can quote the entire Bible? You can pray night and day. You can have amazing revelations that baffle people. You can have mountain-moving faith. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the chapter. You can give every penny you've got. You can impoverish yourself, helping others. And if you miss this, it's not worth anything. Everything you did is for naught. Nothing. Vain. Empty. So it just doesn't get any more important than this. So everybody ready for talk about love tonight? John 13. John 13 and 34. I'm excited about tonight. You know, the cook gets to taste the food before it's served. And uh, this that's cooking in me, I'm excited about it. I'm believing very strongly that people are going to get answers tonight. I mean answers that are life changing. Because it is the word. John 13. And 34. Jesus said. A new commandment I give to you. Now they had the ten commandments. They had the statutes and ordinances given in, under the law. The Old Testament. But he's saying he's introducing the new covenant isn't he? 
Everything's about to change. He's about to go to the cross. He's about to pay the price. He's about to raise from the dead. He's about to ascend to the right hand of majesty on high where he represents us. His blood is about to be applied on the mercy seat. And it's going to wash us all of our sins and and cause us not to just be servants anymore, but to be sons. To allow us to not just, just a few people have the Holy Spirit upon them for service, but to allow every one of us to be indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And to allow every one of us to come boldly before the throne of grace. To be able to commune with the Father personally. And in this introducing of this new covenant, he gives us a new commandment. Somebody say, new covenant? New New commandment. commandment. What is the new commandment? That you love one another. Is this the new suggestion? (laughs) The new attempt? The new ideal? The new effort? Tell me what it is. It's a commandment. It's a commandment. One thing I don't care for in some of the modern translations is they have, it's not in the original, but a number of uh, translators have put in the word try. Have you noticed it reading some of the more modern translations? Try to do this. Try to do that. Do your best. The Lord never told you to try to do anything. Ever. To tell you to try would imply two things. One, that you might not be able to do it. Your best effort might not be enough. And two, that he didn't know whether you could or not. How many knew that he knows? He knows what you can do and what you can't do. And before he told you to do it, he knew you could do it. And so when he gives us this, it is not a suggestion. It is not encouraging us to try and make our best effort. He said, it's a commandment. Do it. What is this new commandment? Love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one to another. Now, he didn't say anything else that by this they'll know you're mine. How will people know you're a Christian? It's not by how you dress. It's not by quoting scriptures. It's not by how much you go to church. It's not by how much money you make. What is it? How we love, we, he's talking to his disciples. He's telling them to love each other. It's how we love each other, how we love our own family, how we love our own church uh, membership and brothers and sisters, how we love each other in the body of Christ. And he told us to do this how? As he has loved us. And I want to talk about that tonight. I want us to have a crystal picture before we leave here tonight and understand how he has loved us. The way, the manner, 
How? I think sometimes we just read the scripture and go, yeah, I'm supposed to love everybody. No, we're supposed to love each other in a certain way. A specific way. Not just any way we think is appropriate. How are we to love each other? Even as, we might say, just like. Just like He has loved us. Go with me to the, uh, the first epistle of John, the third chapter. When you say love, just like uh, a minute ago I said Friday night has been love night. You hear all those responses. Hee hee. Ooh. Ah. Uh, mm. Eh. He love night. <laughs> and the reason I say that is because that is representative of how shallow our concept of love is. We need major mind renewal about love. Love is a word that's just thrown around all over the place. I love Kool-Aid. I love me some pizza. I love my car. I love this. I love that. You want to break yourself from that. Don't use that word so uh, carelessly. Don't say, I love pizza, I love potatoes, I love, and then you use the same word to describe, uh, you know, your heart towards God. I love God. Be more selective about how you use that word. You say, I like this, uh, I enjoy this. But love, when you say love, you need to know what you mean. God is love. Love, and we are commanded to love each other. And that's different from how you enjoy something to eat. What he's telling us to do in this commandment, what does that have to do with your taste buds being excited? <laughs> Not much. Love has been twisted and altered. And the enemy works overtime, trying to keep people in the dark, keep people confused about what love is, because if you don't, to know God is to know love. And he didn't want anybody to know God, and faith is the victory that overcomes the world, but faith works by love. If he can keep us oblivious and confused and mixed up about love, he can keep us away from God, he can keep us out of the Spirit, he can keep our faith not working. It just doesn't get any bigger than this. One thing that we need to understand, so much of what people call love, all of what the world calls love, and a lot of what Christians call love, because the mentality of the world has gotten into the church, is actually love of self. People use it in describing, I love you, but really it's not true. They are describing a self-love. Listen to some of the language. Let's say two young people. Head over heels in love. Two people love sick. 
What about that phrase? Love sick. God is love. Does love make you sick? <laughs> love actually heals. One of the greatest examples of love sick is David's son Amnon. In the Old Testament, it literally says he was sick because of his love, love, for his half-sister Tamar. He was so in love with her that he couldn't sleep, he couldn't eat, he lost weight, and he didn't know how it could ever work out for them to be together. And he thought it was impossible. This is what the scripture says. I'm quoting now. It was impossible for him to find a way to do anything to her. Is that what love is interested in? No. Doing something to people. No. But see, that's, it's not love. And yet, do you think he was convinced? He's head over heels. In love, he's so in love he don't know what to do with himself. Well, his sly friend told him what to do, and they tricked his sister and his dad, and his sister came in, and he forced her and raped her. And then it said, as soon as he had done that, immediately, he hated her as much and more than he had loved her. Is this the love of God we're talking about here? This, the love of God doesn't change doesn't fail but what he's calling love changed in a second and he hated her and kicked her out now this is a perfect picture of what the world calls love how fickle it is how deceived and deceiving it is and listen to the language you'll hear people say I love you I love you I can't live without you I love you. I need you. I love you. I have to be with you. I love you. There's something you're hearing as much and more than you are love. And it's I. I love you. I need you is not the God kind of love. And it is not loving them. I love you. I need you. What does that mean? What's going on when a person says that? I love you. I need, what does that mean? It means I love how you make me feel. I love what you do for me. And so, what if you stop making me feel this way? Hmm? If you're no longer doing it for me, or as who was it? B.B. King said, the thrill is gone. <laughs> then you have fallen out of love. And when it's gone, it's gone. And nobody really knows why it came and why it went. It's one of those mysteries of the universe. <laughs> and then you see somebody else and they do it for you. And you go, oh, wow. Wow. Now, you're married. got three kids. But you can't help who you fall in love with. 
Or can you? Or is this love at all? Did Amnon love Tamar? He never loved her. If he had loved her, he wouldn't have done anything to hurt her. Love has no interest in doing things to people. Love wants to do something for you. How are we to love each other? Just like the Lord loves us. How has He loved us? It's not this selfish love we're talking about. It's a different kind, isn't it? Did you find 1 John 3? 1 John, the third chapter. Actually, go to Luke 6, please. Maybe we'll get to that in just a moment, but let's do this first. Luke 6. Said out loud, the God kind of love. The God kind of love is what we're talking about. We're talking about the love, not just the love that God has, but the love that God is. It's what His very nature, it's what His very essence is. In fact, it is what lights heaven. (laughs) It is what you're going to walk around in, in heaven. It is the atmosphere of heaven. How many know that in the world to come in heaven does not require a sun or a lamp or even electricity. <laughs> What's lighting it? The Lamb of God. He is love. Love is light. Love emanates. Love is what you live in. I, I, I know some years ago, oh, this would have been 25 plus years ago, I was in a time of prayer waiting on the Lord and had a particularly wonderful time of fellowship with the Lord and God manifested His love to me. You know, if we'll worship Him, He'll respond to us. How many know if you draw near to Him, He will draw near to you? You come and go hallelujah, 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 and you're thinking about supper, and you're thinking about somebody's tie, and somebody's dress, and piece of jewelry, and all that, and you just sit down and go back home. Well, you're not really doing it. But if you take some time, and you worship God, and from your heart, you mean it in spirit and in truth, you're telling God you love Him, and you worship Him, and you're reaching out to Him, you are drawing near to Him by faith, what will He do? He will respond to you, and He will tell you how much He loves you. And if you haven't experienced that much, it's just because you haven't pursued Him much. But as I was doing that some, He began to manifest His love to me. And I'm telling you, I lay in the floor, and I I cried. Not a sad cry, happy cry. There's a difference. I laughed, I worshipped, I cried, I laughed, and then I just lay there and was quiet. I thought, oh God, glory to God, glory to God. Then I said, this is where I want to stay forever. This is where I want to live. I want to live in this. I want to stay in this. And that is what Jesus was talking about when he talked about, if you'll keep my commandments, 
You'll abide. Somebody say abide. That means live. It means stay. Where? In His love. This is not what we're supposed to just observe and say, well, now I'm going to love you. I'm going to try. And you try to love me. We're supposed to live in this just like we breathe air. In Luke 6, down about verse 32. Well, let's start in verse 30, actually. Luke 6, 30. Give to every man that asks of you. And of him that takes away your goods, ask them not again. That means you care more about them than you do the stuff. As you would that men should do to you, do you also to them likewise. For if you love them that love you, what thank have you? For sinners also love those that love them. Read that verse with me. If you love them that love you, what thank have you? For sinners also love those that love them. Sinners have a love that you love me, I'll love you back. People who don't even believe in God. People that don't, haven't received Jesus. They're not born again. They do that. So if that's all we're doing, we're not keeping the commandment. You hear people, do, you know, Phyllis and I have talked about this. It's frustrating. To think about because it just keeps popping up. The Lord has dealt with us to have these marriage meetings. He's dealt with us to teach and preach these things and to make a stand and, and hold the standard of the Word. And you are just inundated all the time by Christians. I'm not talking about people outside. I'm talking about Word and Faith people. I'm talking about tongue talkers. I'm talking about our camps. Everybody and their brother and sister has got a book. And there's all this stuff that's not the Word. Did you hear me? It's all this stuff that's not the Word. And you see preachers getting up in the pulpit. And they're supposed to be preaching their, teaching their people. And they go, well, you know, marriage is a 50-50 proposition. Well, marriage is give and take. It's a lot of give and take. It absolutely is not. You're talking about what sinners do. Didn't you just read this? What does it say? Sinners love those that love them. What does that mean? You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Right? You meet me halfway, I'll meet you halfway. You begin to uh, love me, I'll show you some more respect. You begin to show me some more respect, I'll begin to love you. You meet me halfway. And I'll meet. Friends, this is being preached in our churches all over the place, and it is a lie. It is not the Word of God. It is not the love of God. It is not the commandment of God. Friends, let me warn you there are books and there are teachings all over the place. 
And people are just eating it up and lapping it up like it's wonderful and amazing. And the thing is, they get to read and they go, yeah, that's just like me. My wife is just like that. So? (laughs) So? That's exactly how we are. How does he know that? Because the whole world's the same way. But just because you're that way and they described how you are does not mean it's okay for you to be that way. There is only one. You hear people say, well, you know, men are like this planet. Women are like that planet. Men are like this. Women are like that. Men are like this. Friend, I'm telling you. It'll mess you up. There is only one. Somebody say one. One. How many? There is only one thing. You are to compare you and your wife, your spouse, your marriage to one thing and one thing only. It is Christ and the church. To entertain any other ideas is to open up your spirit to be deceived. If you don't find it in the Word, have you ever read in there where men are like one planet and women are like another? Is it anywhere in there? Huh? (laughs) I'm not trying to knock anybody. It just bothers me that people's marriages are just going down the tubes. And they're patting books while they're doing it. And going, yeah, but I don't have to do this because they said this. And people's ideas and traditions have made the Word of God of none effect. Yeah. Phyllis and I have had person after person. We quote Scripture to them. They say, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I know all that. But, you know, I was counseling with Brother So-and-so, and he said, this is what you should do. Have we heard that, Phyllis? How many times have we heard that? So what do you say? <laughs> well, you can go... With brother so-and-so, or you can go with the Bible. Right? Well, i got a book. i got four volumes. I've got so-and-so's got degrees in psychotherapy and this and that. Well, you got a choice to make. You can't serve two masters. you got to pick one. And uh, I recommend highly that you pick. <laughs> you pick the Lord. And you pick this book, and you don't swallow anything that anybody says what a man's supposed to be, what a woman's supposed to be, what a husband's supposed to be, what a wife, what a father, what a mother, unless you can find it in this book. Come on now, discipline yourself. Just because something tickles your intellect, just because something piques your curiosity and makes you laugh or touches your soul somewhere or another, does not mean it's God, does not mean it's good. And particularly the enemy is looking to try to help you justify yourself in your carnality and give you some kind of reasons why you don't have to change. You're perfect just like you are. It's them. That needs to change. <laughs> I didn't intend to say all this. 
But here we are. Sinners love those that love them. So if you only love those that love you, you're not keeping the commandment. You're not operating in the God kind of love. Are you still here? Let's read it again. Luke 6, 32. I'm read this to you from uh, another translation. It says, if you love those that love you, what benefit is that to you? If you do good to those that do good to you, what benefit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. The good news says it like this. Good news translation, verse 32. If you love only the people who love you, why should you receive a blessing? Even sinners love those that love them. And yet, I've had people look at me and they say, well, my pastor told me if he doesn't love me, I don't have to love him. If she doesn't love me, then I'm free from this relationship. It's died, and we just need to admit that it's died. And go on and bury it and believe God to find somebody else. This is exactly how the unsaved live. They love you as long as you love them. You quit loving them, they don't love you either. And it's over. What if God had waited until we loved Him before He loved us? Go to, hold your place here. Go to 1 John 4. 1 John 4. This whole chapter is so wonderful. If you haven't read this lately... You ought to take some time and just read this fourth chapter and read it again and read it again and read it again. Because if you want to, just circle everywhere it says love in here. (laughs) And I mean this chapter will just be almost one big circle. 1 John 4 and uh, 10. What is love? Is it true that so much of the church world thinks the same thing about love as unsaved people? Then do we need to find out what love is? What is love? This is love. Here it is. Not that we love God, but that He loved us. Can you love somebody that's not loving you? Can you even love somebody that doesn't like you? Can you love somebody that's being mean to you? Now this, the world does not do. This, sinners don't do. This is what makes us different from the ungodly and the unsaved. This is the thing that people could see in our life and know that's a Christian. That's one of Jesus's. Right? By this shall all men know that you're my disciples. By what? By us loving each other How? As He has loved us. How has He loved us? He loved us, Romans says, while we were yet His enemies. He loved us. This is the love of God. This is keeping the commandment. 
Not you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. You meet me halfway, and I'll meet you halfway. Sinners do this. This is not the New Testament commandment. This is not the love of God. Why do we love Him? Keep reading. This is the love of God. Not that we love God, but that He loved us. Say that out loud. Not Not. that we loved Him. But He loved us. Did He love us when we didn't love Him? He loved us when we were against Him. He loved us when we were saying and doing things that He despised, that hurt Him. When we were rebelling against Him, He loved us. When we were disrespectful and ignorant, blasphemous, He loved us. That is not in the center. That is not in the world. That's the thing. It's how you know you've passed from death unto life. That's how you really know you've been born again. Because we love the brethren. And so we've kicked these words around so loosely. I love you. You love me. But again and again you can tell it's this self-love. It's as long as you're doing something for me. We're okay. And I'll love you as long as you love me. But what we're talking about, what Jesus is talking about, is higher than that as the heaven is above the earth. Hallelujah. And we need to get used to it because it's what we're going to spend eternity in. This kind of love That God is. This is the kind of love that's been shed abroad in our hearts. By the Holy Ghost. It is supernatural. Can you do it? Can you love somebody that doesn't love you? Can you do it? It's a commandment. It's not based on feelings. It's a choice. It's a choice to yield to what God has supernaturally put inside of you. It's got nothing to do with how they make you feel. It's got nothing to do if they irritate you, if they make you mad, if they've hurt you, if they've treated you like dirt. You still love them. Now the world says, no, you don't do that. If they don't love you, then you get out of there. Hmm? If they don't love you, then no, you leave. And that, the church, much of it has been conformed to the world. And you got ministers and you got counselors and you got brothers and sisters in the Lord telling everybody the same thing. Well, they don't love you. Leave them. They don't love you. Quit them. If they don't love you, then you're released. No, you're actually commanded instead of released. You're commanded. I'm commanded. We're commanded to love each other. That includes our spouse. That includes our family. It includes our friends. It includes our fellow ministers. It includes our brothers and sisters in the Lord to love everybody as, even as, He loves us. How did He love us? He loved us when we hated Him. He loved us before we ever loved Him. 
Not that we loved him. He loved us. Somebody say, Lord, help us with this tonight. Help us get this. Help us get it right. Verse 19. Oh, I love this verse. And I say that advisedly. I mean it that way. We what? We love him. Why? Oh, glory to God. We love him because he first loved us. How many can say genuinely from your heart tonight, you love the Lord. You love him. You're not trying to be religious. You love the Lord. You know one of the big reasons why you love him? Hmm? He waited on you. Oh, come on now. He put up with you. He waited on you. He dealt with you. Year after year. You kept goofing up and messing up and sinning. And He forgave you and waited on you. He had a call on your life and you decided to postpone Him. Ten years, fifteen years, twenty years. And you know what He did? He loved you anyhow and waited on you when you're seeing how much you can sin, when you're using His name in vain and you're blaspheming and doing ignorant stuff. He didn't like any of it, but He still loved you. And you know what that does to you? The goodness of God. The goodness of God leads men to repent and change. When you get a revelation and you see how long He's waited on you, how long He's put up with you, and He didn't just write you off, and He didn't throw you out, and He kept on loving you, it makes you love Him. And that love of God in you will do the same thing with other people. We got to be in this for the long haul. You got to quit thinking about days and months. I've been praying, Brother Keith. I've been making confessions for six months, and if they're any different, I can't tell. (laughs) What if God said that about you? He said, I've been loving them for six months, and if they're any better, I can't tell. I can't see a change at all. I think they're worse. (laughs) So forget it. Friend, you got to make up your mind. I think all of us in here tonight, we should make up our minds. We're going to walk in love. Whether anybody else does or not. We're going to keep the command. We're going to love people. Whether they don't even want to be around us or not. Whether they can't stand us or not. Whether they despise us or not. We're going to love them. We're going to love them. And we're going to love them today. And we're going to love them tomorrow. And we're going to love them next week. And we're going to love them six months. And if they're a bigger mess in two years than they were now, we're going to enjoy that and tell them it's okay. But we're going to love them anyhow. We're going to keep on loving them. It's not based on feelings. It's not based on how you feel about what they've said and done to you. It's a choice. And it's a command. And how many believe you can do it? Can you love people that don't love you? They're not loving you back. But if you don't go beyond loving people that love you, you're not doing any different than an unsaved person. Why do we love him? We love him 
Because he first loved us. And I'm telling you, it works with people. You keep loving them, and they may disown you for five years. Hmm? They may talk bad about you to everybody in the community and everybody they know. But you just keep loving them. You just keep loving them. Somebody say, love never fails. You just keep loving them. And one day will come around where it'll change. And now all that loving, all that love that you kept loving them with year after year after year, the revelation of that, the reality of that will dawn on their spirit. And they'll love you like you never imagined that they could or would. Because they'll realize, how in the world did you keep loving me? And I was doing all that. And I was being like that. And you kept loving me. Well, you can't in yourself, but you're not by yourself. The love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. If you've been born again, it's there. It's how you know you've been saved. And if you will, you can love people with that love forever. Regardless. Can you say glory to God? Hallelujah. We love Him. Because He first loved us. Oh, thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Without reading all the other verses there in Luke, He said, you're not going to get any special praise for loving people that love you. You're not going to get any reward for loving people that love you. Can you see so many Christians have been blind to even knowing that we're supposed to step beyond this people loving us into this whole different realm? And that we're not even operating in the Spirit. We're not even doing Christian thing until we're loving people when they don't love us. Is it a 50-50 proposition? Is it a meet me halfway deal? No, it's if you back up, I step forward. (laughs) You know one reason why love can't fail? Of course, God is love. He can't fail. Love can't fail because there is no weapon that can prosper against it. There's never been a weapon designed that could hurt it or destroy it. The devil has nothing, nothing that can even slow down love, much less destroy it. Let me try to describe it further. What can people do to keep you from loving them? (laughs) This is, well, they did. They killed my love. They killed all the love I ever had from them. You're talking about sinner love. You don't even know what love is. You're talking about feelings. You're talking about emotions. We're talking about the love of God. The love of God can't be killed. The love of God cannot be undone. What can you do to keep me from loving you if I decide I'm going to love them? There's nothing you can do. I can love you from across the country. I can love you across all time zones. I can love you no matter what you say, what you do if you say, quit loving me. I can say, no. 
and you can't make me. Well, I'll kill you. That ain't going to stop it. (laughs) That's what he's talking about when he says, if they hit you on one side, what do you do? It's not just a matter of being a punching bag. It's a matter of no matter what you do, I will still love you. We ain't talking about feelings. Talking about a choice. To love you like God has loved us. To love you. Jesus was willing to go to the cross and hang there and pay the price when you didn't have the time of day for him. You didn't love him. Didn't care. Didn't know. Even years after. And he just... How many can see by the by faith's eye the love of God from the throne of God emanating to everybody on the planet? He so loved the world that he gave. Yeah, but they're blaspheming and they're worshiping and praying to rocks and they're killing their babies and, and they're murdering each other and they're doing bizarre and heinous things. And it grieves him and he's not pleased with any of that, but it cannot stop. Him loving them. And when you were born again, you know something happened. But I don't think we're taught well enough to know one of the biggest things that happened is the love that He is was put in you. Not in your head. Not in your emotional feelings. Not in your body. Shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Now you can live a shallow life and live in the flesh and live in your feelings and you can fuss and fight and if you scratch you, I'm going to scratch you back. Or you can grow up and you can know those feelings there. Yeah, they're there. You're not enjoying it. It's something that's trying to bother your mind and feelings. But you can grow up strong enough to say, no, I'm setting that aside. And there's something inside me that's bigger than everything you've done to me. It's bigger than anything you could ever do to me. It's the love of God. And if God could love this world and all the stuff they're doing to Him, I can love you with this little stuff you're doing with me. And there's nothing you can do (laughs) to stop it. There is no weapon. There's nothing that can even slow it down. Somebody say glory to God. Say it again. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just lift up your hands. Thank God for the love of God. That's shed abroad in your heart. By the Holy Ghost. Oh Lord we worship you. 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 Thank you, Father, for your love, your love, your love. We can love no matter what people do or what they don't do. Go to 2 Corinthians 5, please. 2 Corinthians 5. Thank you, Master. How are we to love each other? As he loved us. Was his love in response to us? Our love for... No, no, no. Second Corinthians, 5th chapter. You hear people say, well, I, I don't know how to do that. 
And you hear about people, you know, they're slapping each other and hitting each other and breaking furniture and pushing each other around. And, and I've had people try to tell me, well, I, I can't help it. I'm just yelling and screaming before I realize what I'm doing. I, I can't help it. First of all, that's not true. You're believing a lie. If you're not in control of you, who is? You know, if you're not running your mouth, who is? If you're not swinging your hand, who is? Who's doing it? We know it ain't the Holy Ghost. Right? No, that's a lie. You're in control. It's completely your choice. But 2 Corinthians 5 gives us the answer. He said, for the love of Christ does what? Constrains us. The NAS says the love of Christ controls us. Say it out loud. The love of Christ constrains me. The love of Christ controls me. The English version says we're ruled by the love of Christ. The complete Jewish says the Messiah's love has a hold of us. Weymouth says the love of Christ overmasters us. This word is strong. It's the reason I kept reading these others. That word constrain is a very powerful, strong word. There is something far more powerful than your little hurt feelings. I don't care if you feel hurt so bad you don't think you can get out of the bed. There's something more powerful than your hurt feelings. Tell me what it is. It's the love of the anointed one. There's something more powerful than your temper. I don't care if you think you got the wildest, ragingest, most uncontrolled temper that anybody's ever seen. You got a few so short you can't even see it. Doesn't matter. There's something more powerful than your temper. Tell me what it is. The love of Christ. The love of the anointed one. And it is strong enough to control you. When people are mean. When people are unkind. When they're cruel. You need something strong, don't you? Because your emotions can flare. I mean, your feelings can, they can go all over the place. You need something powerful. That'll get a hold of you and just control you. It ain't your preacher. It ain't your brother. It ain't your mom and daddy. It ain't your therapist. What's going to be with you? In the bedroom at midnight. When the conversation's gone too far. You're starting to rant and rave. Friend, there is something inside of you. That if you yield to it, oh hallelujah, if you yield to it, it is strong enough to rise up in you and control you. Control you. But you have to give it place. It's in you. If you're born again, it's in you. The love of God has been shed abroad in your heart. But so many times people have been so fleshy that they just ignore it. They give no place to it. But if you will... The love of God can become stronger in you, stronger in you, if you'll feed it, if you'll yield to it, act upon it day in and day out. It'll get so strong in you that you'll start to say something, you know, mean or harsh, and it'll just grab you. It'll grab you. You'll go, mm, sorry, I'm not going to say that. 
your temper will start to go a certain way and it will just rise up in you. How many want this to come to pass in your life? How many believe it's possible? It will rise up in you. I'm quoting scripture, am I not? The love of Christ constrains. Look up that word, you'll see what we're talking about. Constrains. You heard these other translations. Overmasters. Controls. These are powerful words. You're tempted to do something that's not love, that's hurtful, that's harmful. The more in the flesh you are, the more you yield to the flesh all the time. Well, you just go and the love of Christ is subdued and pushed way down in you and not paid attention to. You're going to fall again and again. You're going to miss it again and again. Violate the command. But you begin to think about this love. Go to Colossians 3. You begin to think about this love. You begin to speak out this love. The love that God is. The love that shed abroad in your heart. Somebody say glory to God. I said Colossians, but I guess it's Ephesians I want you to go to. Excuse me. Well, you know, a lot of the same thing that's in Ephesians is in Colossians. So. Ephesians 4. Said out loud, the love of Christ constrains me. Close your eyes. Say it out loud. The love of Christ constrains me. Holds me back. Controls me. Overmasters my feelings, my fears, my flesh. The love of Christ constrains me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How big is this love that's in you? How powerful, how does it compare to your little temper or your little hurt feelings? How big is your little emotions? How big is this love? God is love. That's who's in you. That's what's in you. Never say, I can't control myself. Never say, I can't control what I say. I can't control my temper. I can't control how hurt I get over this. Never say such lies again. It's acting like you don't have anything in you. Acting like an unbeliever. He said, he prayed here. Verse 14, uh, Ephesians 3.14, For this cause I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in what? In the inner man. Now all this goes together. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. Is there strength in this? In love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. Why is he using all these words? Come on, help me out. Why is he using all these words? Because this thing is big. <laughs> what thing are we talking about? We're talking about what's in you. The love of God that is in you and in me. He's praying, Lord, grant them to know this, grant them to see this, so that they begin to be strengthened with might 
by your spirit in their inner man. And by faith they dwell in you. How many understand you could say they dwell in love. He is love. John talks about abiding in him. Abiding in love. That they dwell in love. And as they dwell in this love. Instead of being so terribly acutely aware of every little ill feeling you have. And every little hurt. And every little anger. Instead of being aware of that. You're beginning to be aware of how broad, how long, how deep, how high. And to know. This word know is not talking about mental. It's word experiential. Like Adam knew Eve. And you will know the love of Christ. Is that what constrains you? Is that You'll know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. That you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto Him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask. See, we've separated that verse from this passage. And it's a mistake. Because you're not going to see exceeding abundantly above everything you ever asked or thought. And you don't care about love. Your faith won't even work. Without love. God's helping us tonight, friends. Oh, glory to God. I need to read it again. He said, verse 16. Everybody with me? He's praying that he would grant you. So let's just pray it over ourselves right now. Say it out loud. Father God. The Father of my Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that you would grant me. According to the riches of your glory, strengthen me with might by your Holy Spirit in my inner man. We ain't just praying now. You expect this to happen? Does he hear us? Would he answer what you prayed right out of the Bible? Wouldn't that be his will? Absolutely. Say it again. Thank you, Lord. For strengthening me with might by your Spirit in my inner man. Isn't that where the love of God is shed abroad? Keep praying. That Christ may dwell in my heart by faith. That I, being rooted and grounded in love. How many know what happens when you're grounded? When you're rooted. You're grounded. What does that mean? Things don't move you. Woo, hallelujah. People can act like a fool. It don't move you. They can talk about you. It don't move you. They can do hateful things against you. It doesn't move you. Because you are grounded, my brother, my sister. You're rooted. You're grounded. And you are strong. In your inner man. Oh, you hear it? You may feel it a little bit, but you shake it off because there's something so much stronger inside of you. Glory to God. We're having a service. I don't know if you know it or not, but we're having some things, you know, people run the aisles and shout, and you can see that, but some things, they happen deep inside people. You may not even see it at the moment. But things happen way down deep inside them. It'll take the rest of their life to show it all. 
But they become different people. Only the incorruptible seed of the word of God has the power to do that. But that's what you and I are feeding on and drinking up tonight. Somebody say it's getting in me. (laughs) Keep reading. Verse 18. Thank you, Father, for making me able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know. Thank you for enabling me, empowering me to know and experience The love of Christ that passes knowledge. Thank you for filling me with all the fullness of love, of God, of yourself. And now, thank you to you who are able to do. It's the next verse. Exceeding. Abundantly, above everything I have ever asked or thought. Keep reading, keep reading, keep reading. According to what? What power? What the power of the limitless, unfathomable riches of the love of the anointed one. That power working in you. Enables you to see and hear and receive and be a part of things that are beyond what you had ever thought big enough to ask for or pray for. Because love is just that good. And when you sow love, you're going to reap love. And when you reap love in love, is fullness of joy. You know what Jesus said? You keep my commandments. You'll abide in me. I'll abide in you. He said, I'm telling you to do this so that your joy may be full. How many think we ought to think about and talk about love all night tonight? How many think we ought to get up in the morning and think, love, the love of God. And I ain't talking about he, 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 love, who, who, love. I'm talking about the love of God. We ought to get up in the morning. We ought to talk about it. We ought to think about it. And anything that anybody says or does, we ought to think, I'm going to love you. I don't care what you do. Sinners love those that love them. I'm not just a sinner. I've been born again. I got something in me that they don't have. I got the love of God shed abroad in my heart. Hallelujah. The love that never fails. Go to Romans 8. I'm thinking about closing. Crossed my mind. I'll put it like that. Romans 8. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, lift your hands. Say, thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you for this love. This everlasting love. Thank you for this love that does not fail, that cannot fail. That will never end. Thank you for this love that is the greatest of anything that has ever been or ever will be. Say it out loud, love is the greatest. greatest. Say it again, love is the greatest. Is Is it greater than faith? Yeah. We're big on faith, but love's greater than faith. It's bigger than everything. Bigger than anything. Why? God's love. He's bigger than anything. Romans 8, you ready to shout some more? You ready? Come on, be stirred up now. Don't quit now. We come too far to turn back now. Come too far to fade out now. We don't fade out. We blow on up and out. (laughs) Good fast jet. When you burn off some fuel, you can go higher. You get rid of some weight. You can go on up. You get rid of a lot of weight, then you can really lay your ears back and smoke. How many think we ought to cast off every weight? Come on now, every burden, every weight, every sin that holds you down low, that holds you back slow. And let this love lift us. I like that hymn, that chorus. Don't you love lifted me? And that's exactly what it does. Love Lifted. Are there people in their marriages that are in some ugly, low places? Do they need to be lifted out? Huh? I mean fussing and fighting and anger and hurt and bitterness. Could they be lifted up? Could they be lifted up out of that low? That's like sinners live. Could they be lifted up to a high place? Could they be lifted up into a life that's so good, a lot of people wouldn't even believe you when you told them. They go, oh, you just making that up. Y'all don't really enjoy each other that much. Oh, look at them. They think they're stuck in some 60s sitcom. You know, they're at the perfect little house. She's got her little dress on and a little flower in her hair. And he's bouncing around. And Oh, they're just, you're kidding. We don't believe that. Hey, there is a life that is just that good and better than that in God. It's a, not a life of sin and dirt and grime and death and flesh. It's a life of love. And when we say love, we ain't talking about hee-hee-ha. We're talking about the love of God manifested in the living room. We're talking about the love of God at the kitchen table. You sense His presence. And instead of losing it over some dumb something like burnt bacon. (laughs) Acting like a sinner that ain't even been to the altar. There's something in you that rises up and controls you. And you go, that's all right, baby. I didn't really want any bacon anyway. Because <laughs> you know I like you a lot better than bacon. I... What good's it going to do to go? If I've told you what, I've told you nine times I don't like my bacon that crispy. <laughs> Ignorant. Like a sinner man. Now you laughing, 
But this kind of stuff goes on every day in church folks' houses. And it's just because people are so carnal. They're letting their flesh dominate them. But you got this love in you. And if you let it loose, if you let it come up, if you let it come up into your mind, let it come up into your mouth, let it come up into your feelings, your emotions, it will control, it will constrain. Those are the facts. Did you find Romans 8? Romans 8. Verse 28. We know. I like that. Not we're wondering about it. We know all things work together for good to them that go to church. No. <laughs> A lot of folk wished it was that way. <laughs> all things. Man, that's a big statement now. All things are working together for good. What does that mean? That means people around you just shake their head going, Can you believe this guy? I mean, he messed up and made money on it. Can you believe this guy? They try to hurt him and it turns around. He's in charge of the place now. Can you believe this guy? Can you believe this woman? Why? Because everything is working out for your benefit and good. Does God have the power to do that kind of thing? Would that be a good witness to everybody that's around you? You just smile and go, how in the world do you do it? You go, well, I don't. I just love God and love people and he does it. You know, I like being healed. I enjoy prosperity. It's quite nice. I enjoy freedom, blessing, joy, peace. Getting in a fight with you. Getting in a fight with Phyllis. Getting upset and getting out of love with my church members and my fellow minister is not worth forfeiting all of that. It ain't worth that price. All these things are working together for good. For who? Who? Those that love God. To them that are called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate. To be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He did predestinate, He called. Whom He called, He justified. Whom He justified, He glorified. Who's that? Now, come on, all that list goes back to who? Them that love God. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, us who? Them that love God. If God be for us, who can be against us? I'm telling you, there is no weapon that has ever been created that has any effect on love. Can't even slow it down. That's why it can't fail. Can't be stopped. How can somebody keep you from loving them? How can somebody keep God from loving them? You can't. So you might as well just get used to it. (laughs) Just receive it and Start loving me and we'll all be happy. Glory to God. (laughs) Receive it into yourself. If God be for us, who can be against us? Now skip down to verse 35. Oh, this is shouting ground. 
Who shall separate us? You need to put your name in there. Who or what shall, can, ever, will separate me from the love of Christ? Paul starts preaching here. Doesn't he? Can you see? He said, shall tribulation. Come on, on, y'all don't know how to. (laughs) What can separate me? From the love of the anointed one and his anointing. What can, can tribulation do it? Can distress separate us? A persecution? Or famine? Famine's economy problems. Distress. People talk about being stressed out. Nakedness. Peril. Sword. Why? Can't these things separate you from the love of Christ? Because the love of Christ is greater by far than any of, just like it's greater than your feelings, your emotions, your temper, your hurts. The love of Christ is greater than anything that could ever happen in the economy, any war, any distress, any pressure that can ever come on you. The love of God in you is far greater. Keep reading. Verse 37 says, In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Keep reading, keep reading. Through Him that loved us. What can make you such that no distress can overwhelm you. No economy, money problems, no attack can move you, can overwhelm you, can conquer you. What can do that? The love of God. Can you see how terrible it is that the world and a lot of the church too has reduced the love of God to this little bitty, I love you, hee <laughs> hee. And I love pizza. Friend, we need some mind renewal. We need some expansion and enlargement in our understanding and our heart and our inside. Isn't that what he's talking about? So that you know the length and the breadth and the depth and the height. Know how big this thing really is. Know how powerful this thing is. If you're facing something that just looks too impossible to get through, what could get you through? The love of God, the love of God for you, the love of God in you, the love of God through you, the love of God your faith works by, can bring you right on through. I said can bring you right on through. What does he say? Verse 37, what does he say? No, in all these things we're more than conquerors through him that loved us, for I am persuaded. Can you hear Paul preaching? The man's preaching now. He's preaching. They all threw their notebooks on the floor. They're up shouting now. I am persuaded. Come on, you need to stand up too. Come on, come on. I am. I am persuaded. Of what? Not death. Not life. No angels. No principalities. No powers. Nothing that's going on right now. Nothing that could ever happen in the future. Woo! Come on, come on! 
no height, no depth, nor any other creature shall ever be able to separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Lift up your hands. Oh, glory to God. Woo! Come on, praise Him some saints. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hearts. Oh, Lord, we worship You. 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 Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.